Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? Probably for a little over a year. It's been my intention and my desire to play, play for Ireland. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Off the ball, daily. Now then, you're welcome along. Sunday's off the ball coming at you. We have a busy show. Premier League double header. Interesting day yesterday. Uh, more of the same this afternoon, you suspect. Manchester United against Leicester is the first game of the afternoon. Stephen Doyle and Brian Kerr on duty. And then second game, Spurs against West Ham with Nathan Murphy and Kenny Cunningham. 53106 is the text number. You can get us at Off The Ball on Twitter as well. We have reviewed the Sunday papers, by the way. Brendan O'Brien from the Irish Examiner was in alongside Keen Tracy of the Irish Independent. That is already up on YouTube. We will podcast it in uh, due course. There was much to discuss. So the Sunday paper review done, recorded, streamed online and uh, to be podcasted ASAP. Aidan Delaney here in studio. Afternoon. Afternoon to you, Joe. And Marie Donnellan with us as well. Hello to you. Hi, Joe. So, uh, there is plenty going on. Yesterday in the Premier League, there was a time when Arsenal were a goal down against Aston Villa, Manchester United, or Manchester City rather, due to play in the afternoon, where pretty much everybody said, well, that's that. Mm -hmm. We knew this day was coming. That rubber stamps it. Fast forward three hours and all has changed. I was writing up a script for John yesterday and we were going into a Pep Guardiola clip and I said, Manchester City are expected to pick up another three points against Nottingham Forest and they certainly put me to bed there anyway. And they should have. I mean, how they only scored one goal, I don't know. Mm. So it was one of those odd games. Even Guardiola's quoted across the papers and last night if you watch Matchman's Day as well as just saying, we were brilliant. We We should have won. And this is the nature of football sometimes. And then Arsenal come back from the dead. So an amazing couple of hours yesterday uh, from the point of view of the title race. Like I said, Manchester United against Leicester, Old Trafford today. In the Sunday papers, there is much analysis of the uh, Qatari bid, which is very much out in front and favourite to take charge post Glazers. And then uh, Spurs against West Ham is the later game kickoff, half past four. Like I said, Nathan, Kenny Cunningham will be uh, on duty there. So let's start the news round. We'll check in with Brian Kerr in due course this hour ahead of our uh, first game. We'll get Steam, Stephen along for uh, Team News. Anne-Marie, you're starting with the Premier League, obviously. Yeah, and two games today, Joe, as you mentioned. Third place, Manchester United welcome Leicester City to Old Trafford. That's the first game of the day here on the programme at two o'clock. United without midfielder Casemiro through suspension. Then the main game of the day, a London derby as Tottenham host West Ham. Spurs boss Antonio Conte will not be there due to health reasons. Kickoff in that one is at half past four, but it's all eyes on Old Trafford first off with United. And Stephen, as I said, Casemiro suspended and they'll miss him, obviously. They sure will, Anne-Marie. Um, he uh, also, Lissandra Marci- Martinez and Marcel Sabitzer were uh, suspended players, but only for that game against Barcelona in Europe, of course, during the week. They drew 2-2 at the camp now on Thursday. A very, very impressive performance, you'd have to say, and perhaps a game that United will be regretting. They didn't take the win in. Scott McTominay is also nearing a return to fitness as well, but uh, this match uh, proving too soon for them. The United starting team, though, Amory shows five changes from that match in Barcelona. Victor Lindelof, Alessandro Martinez and Diogo Dallo all come into the starting lineup with Varane, Juan Basaka and Malasia left on the bench. Sabitzer replaces Casemiro, while Sancho also starts on the bench with the uh, young Argentine Tyro Alejandro 
Garnacho starting for Manchester United. So uh, the Leicester City team then as well, the long-term futures, in fact, of two of their key men would seem a little uncertain. Yuri Tielemans is understood to want a move away from the club while James Madison in discussions with the club's top brass over a new contract. Uh, short term, though, Tielemans uh, could be involved today. He has recovered from a calf problem and he's on the bench for Leicester City for this game at Old Trafford. Fellow midfielder Bubakari Samari is also available for the first time since sustaining a hamstring injury at the beginning of last month. Uh, the club uh, mood has really lifted after a good transfer window and three wins on the bounce. Two of those in the Premier League most recently against Tottenham and against Aston Villa before that. They defeated Tottenham by four goals to one in a really, really impressive performance. And they have made no changes from that game. So, give you the two starting lineups. It's uh, Manchester United starting with David Gea in goal. It's Diogo Dallo at right back. Luke Shaw moving back out to left. Back, of course, deputising at centre-half during the week. Lindelof, surprisingly, in the starting team. Uh, alongside Martinez in the centre of defence perhaps the manager looking ahead to the EFL Cup final next weekend. It's Fred and Sabater in centre midfield and then it's Rashford, Fernandes and Garnacho in attacking midfield behind Wout Weghorst of course leads the line. He did drop into that number 10 position against Barcelona. Rashford taking the lead striking position so we'll see how that one turns out this afternoon. Leicester City starting with Danny Ward in goal right back it's Castagna, Christensen at left back and then it's Suter and Wout Fass playing at centre half. Two of those players have been really impressive for them. It's Mendy and Jusby Hall then in centre midfield. It's uh, Tete Madison and Barnes across the attacking midfield just behind Kelechi Iheanachu. The match uh, kicks off at Old Trafford at two o'clock. Very good Stephen. Thanks for the time being. Brian Carroll join us half past one to look ahead of that game and chat about the weekend at large. A win for Leicester moves them from 14 to 12th, they're very much in uh, mid-table territory, they're improved form notwithstanding. Win for Manchester United and they are within three points of Man City, same number of games played, which is not where we thought they would be at the start of the season. So uh, that's where we are in the early kickoff. We mentioned Arsenal and City yesterday, Anne-Marie. Liverpool built on the win against Everton yesterday? Yeah, they moved to within six points of the top four with a 2-0 win over 10-man Newcastle last night. Darwin Nunes and Cody Gakpo scored for Jurgen Klopp's side at St. James's Park. Newcastle keeper Nick Pope was sent off in the 22nd minute for handling the ball outside his area. The win means that Liverpool are six points off Eddie Howe's side in that final Champions League qualification spot, but they also do have a game in hand. Here's manager Jurgen Klopp afterwards. He was pleased with the win but pointed out an area that wasn't perfect massive result um, clean sheet two wonderful goals and space for improvement obviously um, as well so I hope he did really well he scored wonderful goals um, the red card would have been probably a wonderful goal as well a quick restart um, if um, um, Pope doesn't get his hand on the ball there then more probably will score from that I would have taken that to be honest um, against 10 men we didn't react now particularly well we lost for a moment this the momentum and it was then difficult to get back and Newcastle had nothing to lose anymore and you could see that top top team top character real um, threw everything on the pitch um, and we gave them too many set pieces. So, and when set pieces, it's not important how many players you have on the pitch. At least if you have one who can take it and five or six who go for it with the quality they have, um, it's tricky. And that's why, if we score the third, I think that's it. We didn't. And so it was exciting until the end.
So it's certainly a lifeline for Liverpool this week with a view to Champions League spots. Newcastle have played an extra game. They're six points clear Liverpool. So win for Liverpool and they're within three. Same number of games played. I doubt all is well at Liverpool. I doubt all is fixed. But certainly the Everton performance, there was just more explosivity in the performance. They scored the type of goals they hadn't been scoring in a long time. There was a bit more energy about them, certainly. And then you go to Newcastle, score two goals. Um... You know, it's kind of in uh, getting interesting. I mean, I'm still, let's just see. But it's certainly not the absolutely um, horrific, never-ending downward spiral that they were in a few weeks ago. Newcastle lose Nick Pope as well now for the League Cup final. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Arguably one of their most important players. And if they were, that all of a sudden makes the League Cup final a hell of a lot less competitive. Say they do get a demoralising defeat in that. They have to come back and he has two more games suspended. One of them is against Manchester City. Say they lose that. Liverpool are suddenly three points with a game in hand. So last night could have been more than just a win. You know, it could yeah. be the start of a derail for Newcastle. <laughs> oh, <it's steady laughs> so on. dramatic. Newcastle in <laughs> no, crisis. But, no, but it does. It did feel like a big loss for them. Like the last time they had conceded two goals was interestingly to Liverpool back in August. That's the last time they conceded two in the Premier League this season. They mm. don't concede goals, and they conceded two in the first fifteen twenty minutes last night. So it felt like a big result in terms of poor for them and positive for Liverpool. Yeah, big week Liverpool, Real Madrid Tuesday. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the thing that you would be probably most impressed with from the last couple of games is, you know, obviously there was so many problems in midfield and defensively, they're still not there yet. There were still a little bit of, um, even though Newcastle aren't exactly a team that, you know, bags buckets of goals every week there is an awful lot more interplay between the front three and there does seem to be an understanding there now uh, particularly that Gakpo goal yesterday where you know Salah just puts a ball on the plate for him it knows exactly where Gakpo is going to be and you know he manages to beat the offside trap and score and there is you know a bit more interplay there they do seem and look that's Liverpool's tactic for the last six seven years is having that you know flowing front three that will you know kind of change positions uh, switch with each other just have that understanding that you know the great front threes will have and that starts starting to come back and I think that's giving you know that will get you out of an awful lot of problems Liverpool will start to win games you know 3-2 now whereas previously they would have probably just gone down to nil Mm. Uh, Stefan Bacetic looks like a really nice player as well at 18 I mean even for the I'm not sure was it first or second goal but you know Van Dijk is looking for him and then he, you know, he shows for it and, and it, it's a lovely turn on the ball and he gets things moving and it helps everybody's mood I think when an 18 year old comes in and has an impact like that. So, so much uh, spoken we'll about see. the midfield though I thought Henderson and Fabinho well, were brilliant last night I, as well. It's, I didn't I, I had an eye on last night in and out and wandering around and doing my best but certainly on Monday night against Everton it was like looking at Jordan Henderson mm, from two, from three, two, four, four years, years ago. Just yeah. energy again. Yeah, And he loves the Newcastle fixture obviously for yeah. the Sunderland but, reasons but and I, he gets up for it. I don't, but I, I don't, thought there was a rejuvenated energy. Yeah, yeah. And, and you'd love to know why is that suddenly there uh, and also how sustainable is it? That's not to say Jordan Anderson will be full of energy on Tuesday and then Saturday and the following Wednesday and the following Saturday and the treadmill that is Premier League life. But it's certainly there this week for whatever reason. 
there have been lots of sellouts across the League of Ireland on opening weekend. Game last night in Sligo. Yeah, it ended all square at the showgrounds as Sligo and Shamrock Rovers played out a one-all draw in the SSE Electricity League Premier Division. Graham Burke's first half strike for the defending champions was cancelled out by a Lucas Browning goal deep into added time, 85th minute there of the second half. And that means that Bohemians sit top of the table, the only side with a win from the opening round of fixtures. There is Allianz Football League across the day as well. Indeed, Roscommon can return to the top of the National Football League Division 1 table this afternoon. They welcome Armagh to Dr Hyde Park, having won their opening two games. Throw in there is at a quarter to two. At the same time, bottom side Monaghan welcome Donegal to Clonus and fellow strugglers Galway and Tyrone is at Tume Stadium. Then in Division 2, Clare hosts Kildare, while Louth and Limerick is in RD. Both of those games throw in at two o'clock. And at a quarter to four, there's a big one in Cork as they welcome Dublin to Porky Cueve. In Division 1 of the Lidl Ladies National Football League, there is currently one game ongoing. Waterford lead Donegal a goal and two points to a point. That's with 13 minutes on the clock. And at two o'clock, Galway and Cork is in Salt Hill. Last night then, Joe Mayo enjoyed their first win of the campaign with a really impressive seven-point victory over league and All-Ireland champions Kerry. 2.14 to 1.10 was the final score in Castle Bar. Rhino Donoghue and James Carr both scored goals from play in the first half for Kevin McStay's side. Here's assistant manager Stephen Rocher. Rochford speaking to off the balls Paul Shocknessy after the game It was a a, a job um, well done insofar as we, we worked really hard we we did uh, a lot of a lot of good things um, wouldn't be necessarily happy with our, our last quarter um, but but you know we're 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 still an improving group um, and we're, we're we definitely are are at the stage in which we're, we're, we're sort of looking at you know how we can do things better so look we, we, we gave a performance today but I think we need to be better again when we play Tyrone next week Was it even more important to get the win especially after two draws? Um, I think what was what was really important was the performance because the performance has been has been good, uh, but it hasn't been as consistent. So uh, we, we played well in patches against Galway. Uh, we played well in the second half against, or very well against Armagh in the second half. But you know we took our uh, our foot off the gas, um, and today you know we, we we played well maybe for for two thirds of the game. So there's still plenty of scope for for, for improvement, and that's what we'll be uh, looking to do come Tuesday night. What are those areas you feel you need to improve on? I, th- I think, you know, uh, in the second half there, we, we, we didn't work the scoreboard as well in the, in, in the final quarter. I think we had maybe six attacks and, you know, we only maybe um, completed one of them. Obviously, that gives uh, the opposition an, an, uh, a big opportunity to be able to counter-attack. So our, our game management in relation to be able to close out those um, those phases of play is, 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 is a big thing. Um, and look, just just some of our, 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 our some basic mistakes in relation to our handling and that. Um, but again, it is mid-February, um, and uh, you know we're, we're 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 aiming to continue to improve uh, game in game out. And I think I think we did see some improvement today from last week, but we need to go another another step coming into next week. I mean, it's an amazing scoreline, and it was even more impressive until the final quarter. It should be stressed Kerry had six starters from the final uh, starting last night and 
you could see the immediate improvement when David Clifford and Sean O'Shea came off the mm-hmm. bench and some of the wides they were kicking in the first half, they were no longer kicking for obvious reasons. And the two goals they gave away were incredibly sloppy, turnover ball, unlikely to be repeated going forward. So I don't think anybody from Mayo Camp would get overly carried away. That said, it's nice to give Kerry a whooping at home in the league. Absolutely. And it's it's all about kind of getting those wins in early and, and having momentum and something to look back on when you are into the, the tougher parts of the year. As you say, I mean, Kerry probably won't be too disappointed that, you know, they've probably gotten this shock kind of early on. This is what we talk about when we talk about Limerick uh, in the league as well, when we talk about hurling, that, you know, they kind of allow themselves to make these mistakes in January, February, uh, so they can kind of learn from them and make sure that they don't happen later on in the year. You know, David Clifford, if he plays 70 minutes there, that's an awful lot of a closer game. But for from a Mayo point of view, Rhino Donoghue seems to be just stepping forward every single week and, you know, he needs to be somebody that will take on that mantle of, you know, Aidan O'Shea is still there, Killian O'Connor still playing a part, but, um, you know, somebody needs to start coming through and it seems to be Rhino Donoghue right now. Yeah, he was really good. O'Shea was in his target man in the full forward line. I mean, at the other points you have to make with both sides is look ahead to the year ahead. And so from a championship point of view, Mayo will be in action in very big games immediately after the league campaign. Kerry have a much longer gap. So they're on mm. a slower uh, trajectory here. They don't need to get up to fitness as quickly. There's no need to rush mm. back Clifford and O'Shea and, and various people who've played a lot of football. So that explains where we are a little bit when it comes to the league. Mayo were noticeably, I thought, much fitter than Galway in their opening game. You could tell they had much more training yeah. under their belt. Yeah, it was clear. And I think that's why Galway relinquished that lead in the end, those last five, ten minutes as well, where I think Mayo scored four points. Mayo noticeably had fitness under their belt. They've been back training longer mm. than anybody else. And that's clear to see now. Yeah, and but, fresh management yeah. and all and like you say, go hand in hand. They're going to have a big game. They face Ross Common the first game in the Connacht Championship. Like they lose that. That's massive. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I saw Colin O'Rourke last night with Tommy Tiernan on the chat show. Oh, yeah. I think he was on both channels at once. Was he? Oh, well, the, uh, RT1 and RT2 because RT2 is pre-recorded. Of course. And there was some yeah. funny moment where if you flipped between both, okay. you could see him on both of them. Right. I thought, I thought Derry Mead was on earlier in the day, no? Oh. It would have been just highlights. Maybe, maybe it's the news or something. Yeah. Maybe I yes. don't know. I okay. saw someone pointing out anyway. Uh, <laughs> so I, I saw more of Callum O'Rourke and Tommy Tiernan than I did see of uh, Mead. Certainly it was uh, funny when Tommy opens by saying, when you were throwing me out of geography, <laughs> did you think that you'd be on my chat show? <laughs> okay, I didn't see it. Uh, he came across really well, actually. Um, you know, great sense of humour and, and quick to laugh. Um, that said, that said, I suspect he didn't like the Mead performance all that much earlier on. Yeah, his perfect start as Meath manager came to an end yesterday. They lost 2.15 to 1.7 to Derry in Own Beg. Ethan Doherty and Niall Toner both found the back of the net there for Rory Gallagher's side. Elsewhere in the golf, John Ram is the man to catch ahead of the final round of the Genesis Invitational on the PGA Tour. He'll tee off from 15 under par in California. That's three shots clear of the chasing pack. Seamus Power is best of the Irish on five. Five under. That's after a four under par round of 67 last night. Rory McIlroy and Shane Lowry are both a shot back again on four under par. And Tiger Woods making his seasonal return is three under. Tiger on the course. Great week. Mm-hmm. Great week. He is looking surprisingly good. Ball speed 180 miles per hour. That is very, very, very promising. Uh, considering the rust, 300 par at a very difficult golf course. Honestly, I mean, it, it's not a 
can he compete at Augusta? That's still incredibly unlikely. But I had anticipated on the back of last year, the way he missed the cut at St. Andrews, that this would be winding down in the next couple of months. I mean, this would be his, almost his farewell tour this year, but I'm, I'm less sure now. It was genuinely very impressive considering how little golf he has played. And he's walking. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I mean he's limping. Yeah. And he's got, you know, he says himself he's in all sorts of pain and anti-inflammatory mode post round and into ice baths and, the, you know, just to get him out the next day is arduous enough. But he's, you know, he did finish his first round with three birdies in a row. So uh, often he was fading as the rounds went on. So I think it is very promising. Off the course, not a great week, Tiger. You know, when you're leading the live line discussion, you've done something very silly. Yeah, a disappointing and, I mean, um, <laughs> situation. What happened on Friday? People make terrible spur of the moment jokes all the time. Mm-hmm. We've all been that person, cracked a joke and thought, oh. Yeah, why did I say that? That wasn't either yeah. very funny or... It was premeditated uh, and but it that's, was planned. That's yeah, that's what's some, at yeah. some point when you're yeah. locating the tampon, packing the tampon, being ready to go with the tampon, getting out of your bag with the tampon. At, yeah. at some point in those several hours, several steps, you would think, is this that funny? Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't as if, you know, he wasn't aware that it was going to be, you know, kind of highlighted. He tries to sneak it into they his hand, like, you know, it, yeah. as they so he knows this is wrong. I'm going to get criticised for this, but I, I want to do it anyway. I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. And I, I think, think that's what it's, I think he thought he it mightn't get spotted, actually. Well, I think he would have made a big deal about it then if it was, you know, if he didn't realise that it was going to be. Well, yeah, maybe. You know. I mean, you're definitely not going to make a big deal about it. I think he half thought, oh, this will be private enough won't be picked up as we walk from one shot to the other because initially on TV like it's not picked up on television it's, yeah. a, it's a photographer that manages to capture it yeah I guess maybe yeah I don't think he would do it thinking everyone's going to see this I think he thought this no, would be this surreptitious and just between the two of us um, lest you need a reminder Aiden, don't look to sports people for your moral <laughs> guidance in life uh, they're good at golf they may not be good at everything else so uh, that was uh, Woods Meanwhile, Leona Maguire. Yeah, Leona Maguire, not the best of days for her. She's finished up the Saudi Invitational well off the lead. 17 shots in the end behind winner Lydia Ko of New Zealand. Uh, I do, by the way, think it's worth saying Leona Maguire and all of the uh, tour are out taking Saudi money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And their male counterparts are heavily criticised for this. You know, you see various uh, football players ahead of the World Cup very unhappy that there might be Saudi sponsorship this year. And there's a lot of them are speaking up. Like, I, I, I think, you know, you would have to say for the female tour, they get no criticism, maybe because it's not as high profile. But it's disappointing as well. If if you find it disappointing that a lot of the male players go, I don't, I don't see why you wouldn't find it disappointing that a lot of the female players go. So they're out there very much on board with Aramco as a big sponsor, very much on board with... Um, uh, Saudi money and it's it's notable. Yeah, and if they want to be on that level playing field that people are obviously striving for, the criticism has to be level as well. Leinster 
It shouldn't go under the radar. Yeah, I agree. Leinster did their thing last night. Made it 14 wins from 14 games in the United Rugby Championship. Harry Byrne scored two tries for Leo Cullen's side in the 29-point win over the Dragons. Luke McGrath, Charlie Tector, Reese Ruddock, Jordan Larmer and Rob Russell all also went over the line at the RDS. The win leaves them 12 points clear of the Stormers at the top of the table. In his press conference after the game, head coach Leo Cullen was asked how beneficial it is for them to keep winning quite easily game after game in this competition. You know, we've had a couple of games here. Our last couple of games have been here at the RDS and it's been great, the support that we've had. But, you know, I'm looking forward to a different challenge now of going away um, to Edinburgh in a couple of weeks. Um, so for us as a, as a group, making sure that we're, we're very clear and focused and about the challenge and how tough it will be over there because, you know, Edinburgh are very hard to beat there. Um, so making sure that we prepare well over the next couple of weeks. Because I said, like we're, you know, there's not that many opportunities left. Um, you know, we want to be in best possible shape. All the individuals want to make sure they give best account of themselves over the next little while, um, so that they, you know, they've no excuse to rent selection come knockout stage later on the season. Final quick story or two. Yeah, it's an all-English affair in Snooker's Welsh Open final that is taking place. Sean Murphy has just taken the first frame over Robert Milkins and that's a best of or a first to nine frame encounter. Finally then, today's eight race card at Punchettstown has gotten underway and the Quinbet National Trial Handicap Chase is the feature of the day. The Sam Curling trained Angels Dawn is expected to go off the favourite there when that goes to post at ten past two. Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? Probably for a little over a year. It's been my intention and my desire to play play for Ireland. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app.